Thank, Thank you, Pastor. Father. Thank you, Pastor John. It is a joy to be here and uh, to be uh, back in Virginia, and I do mean that, even though uh, we spent the last basically month in Florida, uh, and uh, I'll tell you about that in a moment. By, by the way, Sammy, wonderful job. Oh, what a day that will be. Um, I could just take off and preach from that. Uh, you know, I was thinking, Randy, you know, you ain't as young as you once was. I believe you just had a birthday. You might want to train Sammy for song leading because it looks like to me he might be a future song leader and music guy. Every time I hear him, he's better. Where you are? Where are you, Sammy? Did he leave? Oh, you're up there. Thank you. Thank you. And then the choir. Wasn't it good to see the choir full today? Hallelujah. Uh, it's been times when uh, through the last couple of years, it's been a horrible experience for in many ways uh, that it wasn't so full, but it sure was good to see uh, that it is full today. I'm going to real quickly try to give you an update a little bit on what uh, uh, God is giving us to do. I think you've got something to put on the screen uh, for our missions update. And uh, I want to first say a little bit about last year. So you put that next screen up there. Uh, last year, uh, God enabled us to raise $12,000 for pastor support in Myanmar. And uh, uh, when we started the year, it's like every year, you don't know how that's going to happen, just like this year. But God enabled us to do that through the giving of God's people some individuals gave, some churches gave, and God provided the funds to support these pastors. Now, let me pause right here and tell you how grateful they are for your support for them. For example, uh, they send me quarterly letters from these pastors. Did I, um, am I on now? Okay. All right. Uh, here's one, and uh, I believe it's from Bethlehem Baptist. He says, praise the Lord. What a blessing he has given in my life during the pandemic and political unrest in Myanmar. He has protected me and provided for me in the midst of fear and worry. Uh, by the way, pastors are not immune from fear and worry, just like everybody else. Uh, he said, I cannot express my heartfelt thanks to the, that's what they call you all, the pastor's support team for their financial help during this pandemic and the military coup. Uh, their support is a lifeline for my family. No work, no income, but no depression because of your support. Thank you so much, sirs. And uh, there's more to the letter, but I'll just read that part. Here's another one from uh, my guide in Yangoon. When I lost my wallet in that whole ordeal, he was with me there. Uh, and uh, he says, due to your monthly support, I was able to buy food, mainly rice for my family and milk for our children. Milk is rare here and our children cannot have it every day because it is also a bit expensive here. So when I brought, bought some milk for my children, they were so happy uh, that I, for that. And I am grateful so much to you for all of your selfish contributions, selfless contributions to our family. We take the opportunity to share the gospel in the midst of all these situations and try to meet uh, out our flat uh, uh, while some churches are doing online ministries. Your support has fed us in difficult time. Again, thanks so very, very much for all your faithful support for my family so that we can continue in the great harvest of the Lord uh, in this difficult uh, nation. That's just two of uh, ten uh, uh, letters that I received, and that's only a part of them. We also were able to, as mentioned there, we, we did a backup. Uh, we did $6,000 in rice that we uh, raised the funds for. That bought over 10,000 pounds uh, of rice. Uh, and they live on rice, I've told you, four, three times a day, morning, noon, and night. And they'd eat it a fourth time if they could uh, get it. Uh, and uh, we were able to do that. 
We also gave gifts to an evangelist, Hazul Morel, in Bangladesh to help them with their ministry. He is a go-getter. He's a firebrand. And uh, I thank God for him and be able to be a part of his ministry. And then Christmas time last year and, and this past year, uh, we was able to send several hundred dollars to uh, the, the uh, head of our ministry over there to buy Christmas gifts for the children in the orphanage so they had a new pair of shoes or a new outfit, maybe some candy, a little something for them to help them in that poor country uh, celebrate their Christmas. So uh, praise the Lord uh, for what we were able to accomplish last year. Now, uh, go to the next one. Uh, you know that I've been away in the month of January. Uh, I, we lived in an apartment provided for us by 30th Avenue Baptist Church, and I just have to put a plug in for that type of ministry. It enabled me to stay there and not have to uh, push my brother out of his bed uh, for a whole month who lives a little further down into Florida, though we did spend some time with him. Thank God for that type of ministry. And when we build this big building out here, maybe we need to build a, a, a room there, you know, whereby uh, missionaries and preachers that travel up and down the roads here uh, can have access to that. It was a blessing to me. We were in five churches while we were there. I uh, had an annual meeting, I guess, if you will, with Dr. Padrone, traveled over 2,400 miles, uh, preached uh, uh, at a Zoom meeting uh, for Peace for Israel, did a radio interview. Dino Padrone works me to death all the time. I mean, every time I talk to him, he says, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? Uh, write the articles for the newsletter. By the way, there's some newsletters over here on a table, uh, and uh, there's things there dedicated uh, that we picked up in Myanmar, a little bit of information, but there's newsletters there. If you'd like to receive it to your house, write your name and address down there. We can send you one on a monthly basis. I write an article in that as well as he does. And also for the first uh, old 20 people over there, maybe 10 people over there, it depends on how many they take, there's a, a, a box of Florida tomatoes over there that I brought back with me. Preacher had some. Uh, Pastor Kent, wherever he is, had some. My brother had some. And before they go bad, I want you to have them. Go have you a February uh, tomato sandwich. I'm telling you, we had several of them this week. You can't enjoy a tomato sandwich around here in February. If you get a couple of those tomatoes, you will. And uh, so you might want to rush over there. Just wait until I'm done preaching. Uh, and uh, help yourself. Please take them. They won't last more than about two or three more days. So uh, please take them. Uh, and uh, I, on the last thing on there is I met with my sister-in-law who is editing my book, uh, Marks in My Bible. Many of you read it while it was on Facebook. Uh, I hope it is ready uh, by summertime. And I, I keep pressuring her, and then she shows me mistakes. It's like, okay, let's fix the mistakes, but I got to have it edited, and then uh, uh, hopefully we'll have it available soon. So please, by the way, uh, the Bible, you know, a lot, of, a lot is made about the rapture in the Bible, and you can't find the word rapture in the Bible. Well, let me tell you another word you can't find in the Bible. It's the word retirement. There is no such thing, and if you're just retired and not trying to serve God, you're, you need to confess your sin because there is no such thing as retirement. If you're still breathing, God's got something for you to do and somebody for you to help and somebody for you to pray for, and so on and so forth. Um, go to the next one there, 2022 plans. Uh, I intend to still continue to raise funds for the pastors in uh, Myanmar. Uh, we right now have uh, a couple of churches uh, and maybe a couple of individuals who are monthly sending us $350. Uh, that's, what, $650 short. So I'm still trying to raise that money 
that uh, and we've communicated with them. If God gives us the funds, we will give you the funds. We're not skimming anything off of it. If it comes in for pastor support, it's going to them. And we're prayerful that we'll be able to continue to do that, and I hope you'll pray with us about that. Uh, uh, I'm in constant contact with Myanmar, almost weekly, uh, sometimes daily, and the pastor's there, and they need your prayer. They are living in a land that's under military rule, and I can't even go there now. Eventually, we'd like to take some people there, particularly related to the university or the seminary, uh, which has been closed for a year and a half because of the pandemic initially and the coup. It's hurt the churches, uh, but uh, eventually we would like to take some people there and try to uh, uh, find a way to help them do their uh, work in a better way. We're constantly encouraging the pastors, of course, to encourage their people. The church ought to operate on the gifts of God's people, and they're doing that to a degree, but we're supplementing that uh, with the gifts that we send them. Next uh, slide. Uh, in, a, in conjunction with, alongside of Dino Padrone Ministries, uh, when I left the pastorate, I wanted to fulfill a Barnabas-type ministry. Remember me telling you about that? Well, I'm putting that together, uh, and uh, it's Barnabas Church Ministries, or BCM, and my dream, you know, the book of Acts, uh, Luke wrote that uh, uh, young men see visions, old men dream dreams, and uh, pastors got dreams, uh, any preacher worth their salt's got visions or dreams that God has in their soul. And I would like to be one of those who connects churches with churches. Let me give you an example. Small churches in Myanmar, I'm doing that really through Dino Padrone Ministries right now. Uh, there's a church there that doesn't have uh, bathroom facilities. And uh, I, I, at some point, uh, I might even ask uh, Speck, where are you, Speck? Uh, here behind behind the pole. God bless you. I can't see him. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, maybe some men, maybe to go help build that. I don't know. Uh, but I have this dream of connecting churches. Maybe in there's little churches in Kentucky. You know how many churches are closing every day and how many needs that there are? And maybe some way or another be involved in connecting churches with churches to work together for the glory of God in some way. It's basically in its infancy, and it's basically me encouraging the church now. But I want it to be encouraging the church to encourage the church. Marlbrook Baptist Church encouraging other churches. We've done some of that here locally and tried to do more of it here locally. And that's our calling, to encourage uh, the church. Uh, so you pray uh, that I'll have wisdom, uh, I'll have guidance and direction uh, as we go forward. I don't know if that's, is that the last slide I got up there? What's it all about? That's a baptism there. Hope you can see it. And uh, that's how they do it in those remote locations. No baptistries in the churches. But that's some kind of a large wheelbarrow or something. They put tarp around it, and uh, they're having a baptismal service there, and they're baptizing that child. There's some other people there, and I think they're lined up to be baptized because the gospel is going out. Souls are being saved. People are being baptized, added to the church, and uh, all of it for the glory of God. That's what it's all about. It's about nothing else but being faithful to the Lord and reaching people with the gospel of Christ. Colossians chapter 4 verse 2 uh, through 4 says, Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving while praying also for us that would God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mysteries of Christ for which I am also in bonds. Paul literally, every preacher uh, practically, we're in bonds 
that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. I need your prayers uh, that I'll do the things need to do for the glory of God. Not run ahead of God, but not drag my feet behind God to be obedient to him in whatever area he sees fit. I need your prayers. You want to know what you can do? You can pray for me. Uh, you can help us uh, in uh, uh, providing that pastor's support throughout the year. Did last year. I don't remember the exact amount. Pastor may have that figure, but uh, there was uh, a couple of times I think the church sent funds. And uh, thank you and continue to pray. We're also going to be going to uh, uh, Israel in June. Uh, I, it's June 6th through 17th. And uh, I don't have any more of the brochures. I do have a couple things that give description of it, but you can read about it in one of the newsletters over there and uh, if you have uh, an interest in that. Now, real quick, is there a question? All right. Get your Bibles in and turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 6. Gospel of John chapter 6. The title of my message today is a 2022 prophecy. A 2022 prophecy. You will find it in this passage. And I know when I say that, if Pastor didn't already have some of my notes, he'd start getting nervous, you know, because here's somebody talking about a 2022 prophecy. As Amos said, I was no prophet, nor prophet's son. But Amos went on and gave a prophecy and multiple prophecies, even though he didn't feel like he was a prophet. I am no prophet. I've always shied away from the gift a little bit. I believe there is uh, prophecy is really twofold, foretelling and forthtelling. And, uh, but I want to do a little foretelling today. You thought I was just going to go straight to the forthtelling, but I want to give you five real quick as my introduction prophecies that will come true in 2022. That rhymes. I like that. Five prophecies that will come to true in 2022. Now, uh, I mentioned prophecy, and maybe I ought not even mention this, but I, I, I feel uh, led to. Uh, I was sitting on the platform in Myanmar, waiting to preach, looking out at that large crowd at that conference of, uh, I don't know how many churches were involved, and it was two to 3,000 people there. I was just musing because I couldn't understand the thing they were saying, except every now and then somebody would say, hallelujah, and i say, hallelujah. I did get that. And I thought about an event that took place a couple of years earlier. Sometime in 2018, after in my soul and heart had decided that it, that I would, that it was God's will for me to leave the church where I was at and the ministry where I was involved in, I was struggling with what that meant what, where I would go, what I would do. And uh, that morning I preached, and after the service, I had a, uh, some visitors from Georgia come by. They were there with a, another member of our church. And uh, the lady took my hand, and I'd met her before. And as soon as she took my hand, it was strange. Her head went. And she did what I've never had done since. And I'll be honest with you, it made me nervous at the time. But she did this. She said, I just feel the Holy Spirit saying to me and to share with you, God has bigger and more ministry for you in your life and that you will preach to thousands. And then I said, I said what anybody would say, uh, thank you, okay, you know, and she went on, and I talked to her sister, and she said, yeah, there, she's, it's a church she's in the end, and so on. Okay. I'm sitting there on the platform looking at that crowd of people and thinking, oh, my. 
that prophecy come true to that degree in that day. You ever felt some led to say something to somebody? Now, you have to be careful about that. Uh, but if the Holy Spirit leads you to speak to someone, you need to do it. I mean, I've been driving down the road, and it's like the Holy Spirit said, you need to call them. You ever had that? Do it. Uh, let God lead you. Uh, and so uh, a 2022 prophecy, real quick, five things. Number one, simple things. Sinners will die in 2022. I guarantee it. Sinners will die in 2022. Unsaved people are everywhere. They're all around us. They may even be in the building this morning. They are deceived by Satan himself. They're condemned by their own sin. They're living under the weight of it. And they know not, maybe, that they're a sinner. Sinners will die in 2022. Number two, saints will suffer and die in 2022. Saints will suffer and die, and when they die, it will be a triumphant death into the glory of God. Our prayer lists are always filled with people who are sick, and we will always, you know, there'll never be a time between now and the rapture that you'll not have a prayer list filled with people that are sick. Suffering is the common denominator of all people. And did you also know that it's the calling of the church, of individuals? Uh, Peter told us that because he suffered, we're called to follow in his example and suffer for his glory. I could preach there a while, but I just want to give you these points. Number three, Satan will continue his diabolical work in 2022. He's not going away until he's put away. And yeah, that's just the way it is. He will be your nemesis until you leave the world. this world. He's going to uh, attack you. He's going to attack the church. He's going to uh, uh, bring... Uh, uh, temptation your way. He's going to do all kinds of things. That's his work in 2022. He's going to keep up that work. He may expand that work. Uh, there's a reference to him knowing his days, but are few. How much fewer days does he have? I don't know. I mean, it, uh, it, he, his, his years, his days might be about over. Hallelujah to that. That would mean the Lord is coming. But he will work. Be aware of that. Number four, souls will be saved in 2022. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He's in the soul-saving business. I have this theory kind of in my heart and mind that once the last soul is saved, the Lord's taking us home. I don't know who that one might be. Might be somebody here today that has lost and the Lord reveals to you your loss said, today is the day of salvation. Today if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Uh, souls will be saved in 2022. Hallelujah. God's in the saving business. Amen. Praise God. Number five, our Savior will be sovereign in 2022. There's no mistakes with God. There are no accidents with God. You say, I don't know why this is happening to me because God put you there in that place and in that time for his glory. He is sovereign. We have people get all bent out of shape about politics. Let me, can I just say to you, uh, I know that we are in America have a different form of government and we have a responsibility and a role to play, but do not worry about what's going on in Washington. Be more concerned about what's going on in glory because he's sovereign. He's in charge. Well, uh, he is an I will God. 1,909 times in the Bible, he says, I will. By the way, we read five of them Wednesday night. If you'd been here, you'd have heard it. Maybe you were. Praise God. So, here's my sermon, though. What will we do 
with these five prophecies. Sinners will die, saints will suffer and die, Satan will continue his diabolical work, souls will be saved, the Savior will be sovereign. What do we do? Which brings me to my text. Let me read it quickly. Pastor said I could have a few extra minutes, so I thank him for it. So blaming him, not me. <laughs> and <laughs> preacher gets blamed for everything anyway, right? <laughs> After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them uh, that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And uh, the Passover and a feast of the Jews was nigh. Uh, and uh, Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company coming to him. And he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon's, Peter's brother saith unto him, There is a lad, underline that phrase, there is a lad here, uh, which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. What are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men to sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so that uh, men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed his disciples and disciples to them that were set down, and likewise the fishes uh, as much as they would. And when they were filled, he said unto the disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together, filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which remained, over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, this is of truth, that prophet that should come into the world. Father, help me now to preach this message uh, properly and appropriately and powerfully uh, with your touch on it. Speak to hearts, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We have oft considered this passage of Scripture. We know it well. I would tell you a story, but I don't have time. There's someone who didn't seem to know it well. Uh, maybe another time. But we know it well. Uh, and uh, we often think of this passage about the miracle that Jesus performed. And rightly so. What a miracle. 5,000 men uh, plus probably, you know, a bunch of wives and maybe children and others. A wonderful miracle. Uh, when Jesus fed the 5,000 men with five loaves and two fishes. We've often considered this passage from the disciples' point of view and their unbelief. I've met a few of them. Ain't no way. We, we'd have to have a whole boatload of money in order to feed this crowd. No way we can feed all of them. Jesus, knowing what he was going to do, told them other passages. He said, line them up in 50s, 5,000 and line them up in fifties, uh, and uh, the women and the children, a whole crowd of people. Jesus takes the bread, breaks it, and gives it to them. But the disciples didn't really grasp it. They didn't understand. They were seeing through the human eye, not the heavenly eye. They were looking at themselves instead of the Savior. They just couldn't get it. We're all guilty of that sometimes. But I want you to see it from the little lad's point of view. John's the only one that mentioned the lad. All the other gospel writers told the same story. I pasted my dentures in so it makes my mouth dry. Miss Preacher, aren't you glad that I pasted them in? So I thought you were. <laughs> she, She'd have had to brought her ball glove if she did. <laughs> John tells us that there was a little lad there. Now I want you to think about that this morning just briefly. 
Number one, I want you to notice he was present. He was present. He was there. Why was this little lad there? Don't, wouldn't you like to know his story? Uh, past story. Did, did, how that worked out. And, and future story. Did he become a leader in one of the churches after the uh, crucifixion of Christ? We don't know any of that. Heaven records it all, though. He was present. Now, he didn't think he was anybody. He was probably shocked when he was noticed and called upon, but he would never have been noticed and called upon if he had not been present. I want to encourage you to be present. Be present in church, amen? I mean, all God's people ought to be in the house of God as, as much as possible. Be present. We just come through a horrible time, and God willing, we're coming out of a horrible time. It's time to be present in church, but not just present in church. Present before Jesus, reporting for duty. You know, they play reveille in the military bases and the soldiers had to have already been up and ready to come for roll call. Oh, if we caught roll call, God's people need to be present. My dad used to tell a story, a, a story about when he was in school and they played different pranks. They'd put bullets in the, <laughs> they would put shells in the, fire in the wintertime and just wait on them to go off. Uh, <laughs> some of the things they said they do in them old country schools, mountaintop school. And this particular time, he said, I'd get up in the rafters. I'd get there early. I'd get up in the rafters. And when the teacher would read roll call, he'd say, present, where's Mars? Where is he? I don't see him. I hear him, but I don't see him. Hey, <laughs> he, he loved telling that story. Wait a minute. God's people need to be present and say, here I am, Lord. I'm here. I'm available. Get up every morning. Open your Bible. By the way, how many of you got your Bible? Wave it at me. Wave it here. I wish we could get it on camera. This is God's word. It's our uh uh, nourishment. It's our food. Uh, we need to get up every day and be present before God, opening this book and saying, Lord, here I am. I need you to feed me. As the choir said, Lord, we need him. I need you to help me. I need to, and I want to behold wondrous things out of thy law. Be present. Must go on. Be present. He was present, number two. He was prepared. He was prepared. He was the only one that brought lunch. This had to be a Baptist meeting. And, you know, he was the only one that brought lunch. He was prepared. He came with five loaves and two fishes. He came and he, he didn't know how long they'd been there. Maybe he'd been there before where Jesus was, and maybe his belly had kind of rolled, and he's like, that's not going to happen again. Or maybe his mama said to him, son, you're going out there. You know how long Jesus preaches. You, you, you probably need to take lunch with. By the way, don't put a time clock on the preacher if he's preaching the word of God. And so he was prepared prepared. We need to be prepared to serve God. I didn't say he was qualified. He's a kid. I didn't say that he expected to be called upon. He was not, he was present, but he was prepared. If time they said, let's eat, he's ready to eat. Most of us are ready for that anyway. Uh, one thing about Marlboro hadn't changed in a hundred years. We eat a lot. Always have. And that's what you get when you get people look like me, preacher. I'm just warning you. You lost that weight, but it's hanging around behind you. It's following you, I can tell. Every time they feed you here, preacher, eat, eat. <laughs> prepared. Boy Scouts know what being prepared is. 
You're prepared for every event and call that God has for you. Try to be prepared. I have to tell you this story. We traveled 2,400 miles. Actually, it was more than that. Never got in a traffic jam, praise the Lord. Never saw but one accident, and that didn't slow our trajectory up, but it sure slowed a guy up who was riding a motorcycle with no helmet, a T-shirt, and shorts, and he was about my age and a bigger than me. And he's on this motorcycle. We're pulling on the expressway, and there's another car in front of me, and I saw that guy, and I thought, man, this guy's not prepared to ride a motorcycle. Who in the world would get on a motorcycle with a pair of shorts and a T-shirt and tennis shoes? No helmet. I mean, okay, maybe you're not a helmet person, but I'd put something on my elbows, my knees. Anyway, there he was. Another car pulled out, and he, uh, <laughs> he saw that car and thought he was going to cut him off and overreacted. I've never ridden a motorcycle much, but I know that ain't a good thing on a motorcycle to overreact. He wasn't doing but about 40 maybe. He laid that motorcycle over. And as it went over, something grabbed a hold of his shorts and pulled his shorts off and his underwear off. And there he was in the middle of the highway, butt naked from the chest down. Now, you know the first thing he did. Regardless of whether how badly he was hurt or not, he was grabbing them shorts and getting them pulled up. By the time I got out of my car and got over to him to find out if he was all right, he had his shorts back up. I'm saying he wasn't prepared to ride a motorcycle. You know what? When you come to the house of God, you ought to be prepared to worship. You ought to pray and say, God, meet with us. God, help us. God, use that preacher. Fill him with your spirit. And then come in and sit down and say, Lord, I'm here. Use me how you want to use me. There's somebody over there. Maybe needs you to come and hug on them. You people over here need to walk over here now and then. You people over here need to walk over here now and then. You in the middle need to go that way. You got to be prepared. You didn't come here to just sit and criticize the preacher. You're here to worship God and serve God. This little child was prepared. Number three, he participated. Now, I know how we are about our eating. And I can see it now. I'm the only one that brought lunch. And y'all want me to give my lunch to Jesus? Let the rest of them give. I gave last time. Let the, the, you do something with the rest. I'm saying he gladly, it appears, when Jesus said, I need it, he gave it. He participated. Oh, that's our calling. We got to be present. We got to be prepared and we got to participate in the work of God, whatever it is. You see a piece of paper in the floor. My dad was, he was the janitor, it was part of his job. But man, he'd pick up that paper. Uh, pews, you know, the uh, hymn books weren't straight. He was involved in that. Someone looks a little sad, minister to them. Be participating in the worship of God, in the ministry of God. And not just in church, but especially out of the church. When you go out there, minister for God. Participate. You're a Christian out there, even when you may not look like it, as much as you are in here. I'm talking about dressed. Just because you put a suit and tie on or don't put a suit and tie on here. You out there, you're a Christian. You're God's representative. You're Jesus' servant. Hold the door. Uh, for the ladies, they'll be shocked, I guarantee you. Most of them will say thank you. There's a few of them that might not, but that's all right. Be a witness. Pass out a track. Give these cards out. Be participating in the ministry. Because then there was his privilege. He had the privilege 
of being the only person recorded in the Bible that Jesus took his lunch and fed 5,000 people. There's only one person, as far as I know, in heaven, at least that is recorded in Scripture. Uh, this person, who I assume is not a lad now, but he's in heaven, and you'll meet him one day if you're a child of God, and he'll say, boy, I'm glad I wasn't selfish. I wanted to be selfish. I was hungry like everybody else. But I believed Jesus. I trusted Jesus. And I had the privilege of providing the conduit for Jesus to perform a miracle. That's all any preacher wants. You know, we, we, we would love to see people saved every service, every service. That's our prayer. That's our desire. Or it ought to be. But it ain't about us. It's about him. And us being a conduit. Water runs through piping. We're just piping. We're nothing. But he's everything. And that water will nourish a soul, save a life, be an instrument of God's grace. How that works out in this year when there will be sinners that will die, saints that will suffer, and uh, Satan that will be attacking, and uh, uh, souls that will be saved, and our sovereign God, how that looks and works in your life and in my life is up to us being present, being prepared, participating for the privilege of God using us for his glory. Pray. That God will use you. Pray. God, here I am. I'm nothing. I'm not deserving to even talk to you, but here I am. Use me. Ask him to use you. And he will. New Year's Day, we were traveling. We were in South Carolina. Stopped at a rest area. Susie was in the bathroom. Uh, Eric and Shelly, my oldest son, was with us. They were in the restroom. Eric and I come out, walked over to a, an area there just stretching her legs. And all of a sudden, there was two men there. Those two men, hard to give us a chance to even know they were there. One of them started witnessing to us. I mean, just before I could say, hey, I'm with you, brother. I'm one of you, brother. He just, he just went on in his witnessing. When he finally paused and I was, we were able to share with him that we were believers in Christ, we rejoiced together, fellowship together, never met him before in our life, and he said, we're on our way to Philadelphia, and uh, of course, we were on our way to, uh, from Florida at that point in time, and then went back again, and uh, uh, he said, let, let me have my brother pray for you. So the brother prayed. I don't remember a thing he said. Uh, they weren't Baptists, I'm pretty sure, just by the way he prayed. You know, I hate to tell Baptist prayers are a little different than, uh, I don't know why it is. It just seems that way. So he prayed. And he prayed and he prayed and he prayed. And he was about to say amen. And the other, inter other guy interrupted him. And he said, and Lord, can I interrupt him, his prayer, to say, will you keep your hand on this preacher and his son and protect them as they travel back to Virginia. In Jesus' name, amen. We got in the car and I began to think about this event. It was strange because it was almost like they were angelic. They were not there and then they were there. I'm usually a little bit aware of my surroundings and I didn't know it, but there they were. We're going down the highway and I'm thinking about that and I'm kind of thinking about the whole situation. All of a sudden I look up at the same time Eric noticed and there was an Hispanic man, so you know I was close enough to recognize he was Hispanic, walking across the interstate in front of us. That got my attention before I could say, say anything. Eric saw him and jerked the steering wheel. The girls in the back saw it and he was able to, I don't know what that guy was doing, what that guy was thinking, but you know how when you're driving long drives, you can look off for a moment. We would have hit that guy if Eric 
had looked off just for a moment because he was walking slowly. I don't know why he was there, but here's my point. Those two men prayed for us. He interrupted his prayer to pray, God, protect them as they travel. And I believe with all my heart, God answered that prayer and kept us from killing a man and maybe wrecking in that place. Pray, pray, pray. Pray God use you. Pray for one another. Pray for sinners. I've got a couple of people I pray for every day, every day. Uh, as God brings them to my mind, just about every day. I'm wanting to see God save them. Pray for others. Present yourself to the Lord. Be present. Be prepared. Participate in the work of God. You can be prepared to be used of God in 2022. Let's bow in prayer. Heads bowed and eyes closed real quickly. Anybody here this morning? No one looking around but me, Pastor, if he chooses. You'll say, I'm not sure I'm ready to meet God. And I heard you say sinners will die in 2022. And I'm not sure I'm saved. Would you lift your hand up? I'd like to pray for you. I'm looking to my left right now. Anybody? Anybody? I'm looking in the middle. Now, it doesn't matter whether I see you, but it's God see you. He knows your heart, knows your soul. By the failure of anybody raising their hand, I'm assuming we're all saved. Hallelujah. Then God has called on us to be like that little lad. May God help us to be faithful. That's what being present is. Being faithful and serving the Lord Jesus. Father, have thine own way in the conclusion of this service. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Brother Rick. Appreciate that. If we would, let's go ahead and all stand. Let's all stand. You know, I was thinking as Brother Rick was preaching, he gave us that prophecy of what was going to take place in 2022. I thought about, you know, a lot of times we're wishing that we could get some prophecy. Boy, we would, we would like to know what is going to be the result or when is going to be the end of this coronavirus. How many more variants are they going to tell us is out there? How much farther is it going to go? How much more is it going to interrupt our life? And we can allow ourselves to be consumed with that. We can wonder what's going to happen with the political state of our nation and, and where are we going and what's going to take place. And there's so many things that we can allow our mind to be consumed with and you know the devil likes it that way because if he can get us consumed on what is taking place here in this temporal world we lose sight of the fact that sinners are still dying and going to hell we lose sight of the fact that we have been called to take the gospel and boy I tell you what I think about that little lad he was there and he had just enough he had just enough to feed himself. He had just enough to take care of himself. But whenever he gave what he had to Jesus, not only did he now have more than enough, but everyone who was around him had more than enough. If we are willing to let God use us where we're at for his glory, God can take what we have and he can do tremendous things with it. I'm going to have Miss Debbie just play through a verse of song. If the Lord spoke to your heart this morning, uh, you come and ask the Lord to use you uh, in 2022. Go ahead. Appreciate that message. Appreciate the work that God has called Brother Rick to do. Now, as Brother Rick was sharing with us there, they're raising support for missionaries. The men there in Minamar, the pastors there in Minamar, Brother Rick, you correct me if I'm wrong, but there's 10 men over there who are preaching the gospel. And for $100 a month, they can survive. They can make it over there for $100 a month. And so Brother Rick tries to raise about $12,000 a year in order to give each of these pastors $100 a 
$100 a month so they can serve in the ministry there in Myanmar. And according to what he showed on the slide, they have $350 a month uh, promised. And so he is working to raise the remainder of that. And so before we dismiss, and I know that, that we've run just a little bit late, but it's, it's all good. It's for the Lord. And so before we dismiss, if I could have a couple of the ushers go grab the offering plates and bring those out here. Uh, we're going to take up an offering uh, just before we dismiss. And Brother Rick, the purpose of this offering will be to go towards the ministry and towards supporting those men uh, there in the field. And so we'll receive this offering uh, for that purpose. If we could get some some men to come forward and get ready to receive that offer. And I know that this is not something you had opportunity to plan for, uh, but you give us the Lord directs you. And if you don't have your uh, cash on you, you're unable to give, don't have anything with you, uh, you can always bring it tonight and notate it as such. You can go to Tithely and you can notate that it's for this offering or... If you want to try out the new thing, you can text GIVE to the number and uh, just the amount, and we will make sure that that is given towards this offering. All righty. I'm going to say here, uh, Brother Harry, could we ask you to pray and ask the Lord's blessing on this offering? Heavenly Father, you know we're receiving a special offering, Lord, to support uh, those that preach and teach the gospel of salvation in Jesus Christ. And we just ask that uh, we might... Uh, Raise enough to, to help out. Pray in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. for being here. Be sure to be back again this evening. We'll be looking again at the subject of being a church member. So do your best to be back. And if you can't be in the service, watch it online and listen as we share from God's word what it means to be a church member. Appreciate each and every one of you for being here. Brother Ronnie Miller, I'm going to ask you if you'd dismiss us from the service. Lord, thank you for meeting with us today. Thank you for all the blessings, Lord. Thank you for the, the uh, Sunday school and the special singing and singing, Lord. I ask you that uh, someone here today, Lord, that doesn't know you as a person saved, before they leave, Lord, they get some way by hand, not leave this place. I really know, Lord. Thank you. Go with us this week. Be with all the prayer requests, Lord, and, and uh, have travel and mercies for everybody on in the highway. Thank you again. And uh, in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen.